0: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's a couple of days before Newcastle's game uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers, Upton James's Park, and what a big game that is going to be. Newcastle United right in the deep of this survival fight. Just three points better off than Fulham. I'm joined by Chronicle journalist John Gibson, the head of Recording another episode of Gibbs Corn, Corner. I thought I'd get John's take on Newcastle United. I'm sorry, John, it, it can't be an episode of joy and elation, but alas, that is Newcastle. It
1: absolutely is. Absolutely is. I'm just hoping now that everybody realises what the fans and everyone else has realised for a couple of months, that we're heading in one direction and one direction only. And right now, we've come to the crunch spot. It either stops now or we slide into oblivion because the next four games is as good an opportunity as we're going to get to reverse the trend.
0: Now, I will state this is John's opinion. This is his answer to the next question. Does
1: Steve Bruce get sacked if Newcastle lose to Wolves on Saturday evening? He won't be sacked. We're not talking about whether he deserves to be sacked or not. He won't be sacked. Uh, several reasons forward, one of the most being that that isn't the way Ashley operates and I saw some feature that was stuck out during the week about um, uh, Ashley might have learned by um, sacking managers on a run into a bad season because it didn't stop the trend Newcastle went down and they were referring to when Rafa Benitez and Alan Shearer took over as caretakers the reason that didn't work isn't because he actually sacked the manager and put them two in. It's because he sacked the manager too late. That was why that didn't work. But he's not going to uh, sack Steve Bruce at this point in procedure. And uh, he doesn't like sacking managers. And also he's not interested enough, in my opinion, in the day-to-day... Bruce isn't a problem, Newcastle isn't a problem at the moment, just let them get on with it while he deals with the high street. Um, Will he, right at the death, do something if we're still hurtling downhill? That remains to be seen, normally that's too late. But I don't think Steve Bruce is in danger of the sack this weekend. I think Steve Bruce at a different club might be in danger of the sack, but not at this club. You
0: mentioned previous managers and a lot of comparisons have been drawn To Steve McLaren, I remember well that Chelsea game that he lost, I can't remember what the score was, but I can remember I was in Harry's Bar in the centre of town, just thinking he's got, he's surely got to go, and then he was afforded a couple more weeks, uh, and in the end he didn't win the games he he was afforded, and that ultimately cost Newcastle in the end because Rafa Benitez had to take a couple of more games to get his side and to get it it built up, and the worry is here for many Newcastle fans that if, my gosh, you'd Decides to sack Steve Bruce of Newcastle, fall in that relegation zone, which they could do come Sunday afternoon if they lose yep. to Wolves and Fulham beat Palace. Sure. Sure. That you know it should have happened a few weeks ago, and and whoever comes in is is not going to have enough time to maybe turn things around. I guess the debate is whether this side is better than the one that went down under Rafa Benitez.
1: I don't, I don't think that is necessarily the debate because both sides could go down. That side did, and this side could. It's. It, being better than the Benitez side doesn't guarantee you're staying mm. up. You could still go down. That isn't the point of the of the whole thing. The point of the whole thing is that you get into a trend. You, we have lost 12 of the last 16 games we've played. There's not a load of draws in there. Fulham have a load of draws. If they turned their draws into three points they would be safe now when we would be in the third bottom position. Um, it's whether we can change this trend. And one of the things that's exasperating fans, and I think it was exactly the same with Steve McLaren, is some of the utterings of Steve McLaren during the, the final death throes and some of the utterings of Steve Bruce now are very similar. Um, you know, it concerns me what steve bush is telling us does he think that we we haven't got eyes in in our head and can't see what's happening and glib talk and and dismissal and there's eight of us in this relegation fight and all that just infuriates and in, you know let's hope it goes right on Saturday. let's hope this happens let's hope that happens i'm sure that fans will not accept that and are irritated by it. And I hope the message in the dressing room in private is a lot more forceful than that, mine, because it needs to be. Because I tell you what, it starts this weekend. You've got to beat Wolves because, as you've said, if we lose to Wolves and Fulham... Managed to get a result against the dodgy Crystal Palace side then on goal difference we are in the bottom three and might never get out of that again and if you take into consideration that West Brom play Brighton this weekend as well if Brighton win that one and you would expect them to they move away from us suddenly we will look in the mess that we know
0: we're already in Mm, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon and I watched Crystal Palace-Brighton last night and it was nervous because Brighton should have run away with that game. And then you No you're looking, question about that. I was looking at the live table and you think, goodness me, they're five points or so between what? Newcastle and Brighton. Had Brighton won, thankfully Palace won. Of course, that takes Palace out of the mix, you would think now. Um, you talked there about the message and it starts this weekend. Um, I was speaking to, to Soutamark before the Manchester United game and we were speaking about confidence and that leads into momentum and what have you. Whatever the message was going into the Manchester United game, it seemed to work for 55 minutes or so because they were quite decent. And I, I know that given what's gone in previous weeks, you take out Everton, you take out Southampton, it's not exactly been difficult to be quite decent compared to what we've seen. But there was something there and you only hope they can channel that into the game against Wolves for consistently 90 minutes and make the most of it
1: and get all three points. Yeah, you do. But then at the same time, you don't want to be told by uh, Steve Bruce that that's the positives. Oh, we did well for 55 minutes. I take a lot of positives out of that. Excuse me, what was the final score again? Oh, 3-1 we lost. Right now, we're not talking about performances anymore that have sickened us. We're talking about points. We're not talking about fleetingly during 90 minutes looking good, but over the 90 minutes we lose. We're talking about this having to be consistent. We're not talking about one game at Everton either, which was first class from start to finish. That has got to be repeated and repeated. And in this four-game run we're talking about, which starts with Wolves and we hope gives Newcastle a real chance if they get six to eight points out of it. It finishes away to Brighton, the four-match run. Now, that they destroyed us up here 3-0. They're a lot better than where they are. If they could score goals, they would be mid-table hmm. because they dominate matches, they look good, they play good stuff, but they don't quite get the result. And by the way, as you know, our last match is at Fulham good for sake if we are in a position where winner takes all in that game we can't afford that isn't it strange that that game could be the first
0: game that fans flowed back into stadiums <laughs> 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 could you imagine x amount of Newcastle United fans traveling back down for their first game in what 18 months or so and they see this side relegated we hope that that's not the case we hope that this relegation battle is over It's got to be before, put to bed before yeah. that. It's I mean, gotta be. Put I to Lee bed. and he said it's the next month. Lee Ryder, which I sported him after the Manchester United game, and he said the next month decides it because you would think by then we'll get a better idea because Fulham have got a horrible run of games coming up. You know, Liverpool, Man City, Spurs and Leeds off the top of my head. So not yes. ideal after that Crystal Palace game. However, uh, you look at the Premier League since Christmas Day, a colleague uh, down in our central team made this uh, league table up. Newcastle are bottom of it. Um, goals per match 0.8, goals against per match 1.8 and the bottom of it based on points per match which is 0.6. Fulham up in 15th with 1.1 points per game. I mean everyone kind of knows that that's the score but to see it down there in black and white it is a little bit scary. Context needed I guess because Newcastle have faced some of the top sides as have Fulham in that time and the results have been the same. However, Fulham... Um, while they've won the same amount of games as Newcastle 2 in that time, they've drawn quite a few more, and that's the difference because you're not losing. You haven't got that losing feeling. You think they oh,
1: they've got to draw it at Newcastle with 10 men. Oh, that game. They've got to draw it at Newcastle with 10 men, and they're playing better. We have lost 12 of our last 16 in all competitions. They've only lost one of their last seven Premier League games. They are in better form than we are. We are in free fall. They're trying to, to scramble up the mountain. And that worries you. Uh, or if it doesn't worry you, Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce, would you tell me why not? Would you Do you think Steve Bruce is worried? I
0: know what he comes out and says in the press. I mean, you've worked with a lot of managers over your time and mm. you, you know Steve Bruce yourself. Do you think he's playing a kind of game where maybe... The message in the dressing room is a lot different to what he's seeing out in the media. He's, he's maybe coming out a bit confident in front of the cameras, in front of the fans, but in that dressing room, he's saying, look, we're in trouble here. We ne- you need to
1: pull your socks up, and we need to start getting these points. Well, he better be saying that. Um, I think that he will be. Um, but even if this is a PR exercise for the fans in doing this or we'll be OK routine, it is a bad PR exercise because it's infuriating the fans, they're beginning to openly question whether he cares enough, whether he's got a handle on it whether he realises the mess we're in and he walks at the end of the game minor things, he's got to be aware of minor things he's coming off the pitch at the end of the game at Manchester United Solskjaer comes up with him, two guys that are legends at Manchester United start talking to each other and they're both smiling. Now, it's okay for Solskjaer to smile if just one. But it looks uncaring with Steve Bush. I'm not saying that it was. But it looks that way. The PR is atrocious. You're not going to get your fans on side with that sort of public image at the moment. You've got to be more forceful. Fully admit the mess we're in and say, I tell you what, we're going to do something. And be more forceful. It appears almost flip.
0: I'm looking at these post-match comments here, and one thing I want to ask you about is this quote here. Um, we looked at threat going the other way, but I was very, very pleased for large parts of it. But you're right, getting a few results is all that matters. We've made changes and changed the way we've gone about things. That is obviously going to take a bit of time. For a long time, I didn't change it. I left them in their comfort zone. So this is the way I want to do it.
1: Well... If it, we haven't got a long time to change the system, it's got to work now. Uh, there isn't a long time left. But can you um, say
0: that? I mean, I, I mean, you open. can he say, He's been in the job 18 months now. I, mean, I was going to
1: say it's it, it's a work in progress. We're getting better uh, as season by season. Uh, we brought in new signings in the summer that have improved the side. No, has Hendrick improved the side? No. Has Ryan Fraser improved the side? No. Has Lewis improved the side? Not defensively. The only out-and-out success is Callum Wilson. And by the way, we haven't got him for these. We're talking about the next month or the next four games or what's going to decide our future. Almost inevitably, we'll be playing without Callum Wilson in those games. What a big miss
0: he is. And we'll oh. get on to that in a moment. Um, and you, you mentioned the whole work-in-progress thing. I just look at West Ham, and I know they've spent quite a bit of money. But David Moyes came into that job six months after... Steve Bruce joined Newcastle. West Ham would I think they were in the relegation zone if I'm not mistaken. Yep. They're fourth. And they're not fourth based on luck or other teams having a bad run. They're fourth because they deserve to be there. You look at Villa, who were quite well going quite well, and they were tip for Europe. And you can say, well, maybe you know, they didn't have the staying power. West Ham look like they've got the staying power and they look good to watch. It's um it's not always um maybe entertaining, but he's he's found a system which suits the players. Absolutely. And, and if they finish in the top six, I don't think anyone will be surprised because they deserve to be there. Can you believe
1: we won there on the opening day? No, I can't. That's why that's <laughs> everyone goes back to. <laughs> we won there on the opening day. Seems a long but time ago. You see, that's what irritates me about accusations being made at Newcastle United fans. I'm not talking about Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. I'm talking about throughout the country. They're too demanding. They're not too demanding. They don't expect to be challenging the big four or the big six. They expect to be as good as West Ham, as as good as Wolves or Aston Villa. And even, even and quite rightly, as good as Leicester. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, why can't we aim he, for Leicester? We may not be able to aim for Man City in Liverpool of the past or the old Manchester United of the past, but we, there's no reason why we can't be as good as the other clubs mm-hmm. we've mentioned. And that is all that is demanded if by Newcastle United I'm going to even
0: argue with that. I don't even think you can set your bar as high as that. I think they, we just want to see a team go into a game and, and try to win. Not go into the game and think... Or we're playing one of the top six sides anything other than a, a defeat is a bonus here. no 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 this is the Premier League anything can happen we've seen West Brom hold Manchester United we've seen Sheffield United beat Manchester United anyone can beat anyone if you approach the game right you got a plan and you believe in yourself drum it into these players you can beat anybody
1: in this league and, and I just right. look
0: at it and I just think
1: I, and but also, once we're behind, once we're, we, we may Clapsed. start off to do that. Yeah. We may start off like we did with Southampton, like we did with Manchester United. We start off on the front foot. We press high. We do all those things. And because we never went behind at Everton, we did them for 90 minutes in one. Mm. But the minute we get into trouble, like at Manchester United, it... it we become a different team. We revert to nature. What What is that down to then? Because, like so you see, you mentioned Manchester United. We saw it there
0: when the second second goal went in, and the camera pans on Lascelles, the and then it the pans to Kevin Clark. But there's no no one's talking. No one's shouting. No, no leaders in the team.
1: Yeah, is that what you think it comes down to? Yeah, I think there's no leaders in the team, um, and we desperately need leaders. Now, the interesting thing is that when we talk about leaders or good attitudes, and They're not obviously there at the moment. Matt Ritchie has a a terrific attitude and is a natural leader. Matty Longstaff, who's a kid, the enthusiasm, his wish to play well, his way that he gets around the park is enthusiastic. These two guys don't get a sniff at the moment of, of getting into the side. Don't get a sniff. Now, I'm not saying that answered the problem, but they... There isn't an answer to the problem because we're stuck with the players we've got, but we need leaders and we haven't got leaders. I mean, a Bob Moncur and Alan Shearer when he wore the armband, you, I tell you what, you just looked at them and you didn't drop your standards because you knew what was coming your way if you did. It's ironic though, isn't it, because Jamal Sells
0: made his name arguably the last time Newcastle relegated when he went in against Southampton. and. You know, he did not hold back at all. And that's where he made his name. He was then handed the captaincy. He hadn't featured under McLeod. He got sent off against Everton, if I'm not mistaken. Someone will correct me on that. But he got sent off, didn't he? And then there was a game against Southampton when he went in the dressing room and he said, I think you could hear him shouting, no one cares. Um, We'll bleep that out to make the point. But yeah, and yeah, this time around, when that second goal went in, you just want to see someone... Grabbing the game by the, the the scruff of the neck, and it's all good coming out like he did after the, I think it was the Chelsea game and saying it wasn't good enough. We didn't start well enough. The ball went
1: out for a throw, and we need to be starting better. Fine, okay. It's easy. It's easy to be skipper and do Monday to Friday in in terms of publicity. Mm. We've got to do better. We've got to stand up and be counted. The usual platitudes. But you know what? Enough of words. Just do it on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Just but stop. The doing fact it. also that there's not a crowd in. Mm-hmm. Means you can hear what players are saying, or even more important, what they're not saying, and and that is apparent with Newcastle United. They haven't got natural leaders. When lascelles isn't in their side, often the skipper is John Joe selvey Well, I mean, I ask you. He can't look after himself, never mind the other 10 players. I mean, he has gone backwards so much. He's like Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. (laughs) I mean, it it is ludicrous. He is yesterday's man, I'm afraid, at the moment. One of his long shots from the halfway line might might hit the target eventually. Oh, fingers. I mean, yeah, uh, but I mean, everything about John Joe, he is not the man that, you can't imagine that this guy played for England now, Mm -hmm. I mean, he can't get round the pitch, his body language is shocking, he gets irritated when things are going wrong and he's a walking red card, or two yellows, Um, and he isn't what is needed in a. A modern football side, and, and I guess a side
0: which is facing a relegation battle. This is this is where people now win their stripes. This is where you understand absolutely who is going to stand up for this club and for the fans. Absolutely, I'd say you know Isaac Hayden is probably the one everyone's you know betting on. You know because he has got a great attitude and you know he gives his all. And you yep. got you know you got Miggy giving his all, but he's not a leader. No, and I tell you what, with what is it? 13 14 games to go it's the wrong time to be
1: asking who's standing up for this club now isn't it oh yes because we've once you start sliding on that tail you know, when we've had the recent snow on <laughs> your top of the hill and you go on the sledge and you're three-quarters of the way downhill, you try stopping. It, it, it's a very difficult thing to do. But having said, and mentioning Miggy and you you said there, you know, it, he's not a leader, etc., etc. But I'll tell you one thing. While Callum Wilson's out, we are all going to re- have to rely on Miggy Almiron and Alan son Maximum because they can win matches. Mm. They... One is all about pace, and the other is all about trickery. But they can win matches, and we are not now about not losing or even drawing. We're about having to win. And if we're going to win matches without Callum Wilson, then Almaran and St Maximum have got to be on blob because they're the, the, the two that can possibly make the difference for us. That's a nice segue. It's like We almost
0: planned that because my next question was about <laughs> the Strikers just before I carry on. Yeah. We're also filming this for YouTube. Um, we are in the lane head. You'll see us wearing our coats because obviously the heating hasn't been switched on in months due to the coronavirus. Um, obviously, social distance as well. Um, so that's why we've got our coats on there because it's very cold in yep. here.
1: But we've got our love of Newcastle United to keep us warm. I <laughs> <haven't>?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the positivity, John. Uh, yes, yeah, so onto the forwards then because Joe Linton started in place of Dwight Gill and again I, I spoke to Supermark and you guys listening to this may have heard the podcast we did with him before the Manchester United game. And I, I asked him if he was frustrated that Dwight Gill started out on the wide where Callum Wilson's done so well. And he said yeah, but more than anything I was just mad. I was just angry because I mean he knows as a striker, well you know, the strength of a striker. And Dwight Gill, obviously in no disrespect to Dwight, not anywhere near the same level as Supermark was in his pump, no. but both natural goal scorers And Dwight Gale needs to be in the centre of the park as a centre forward, you know, in the fairest man forward, running the channels, last man on the line, not out on the wing. And he brings Joe Linton in, who is more suited to that role. And look, he had a couple of chances, but what stood out, stood out for me, and I've written this in a piece, it'll be on Chronic Live later, um, there was that moment right at the start, John, when he gets the ball in the box and he turns and he almost kind of jumps, he's almost frightened. And and Genius goes, I think he was a bit caught out there about the room and the space and time. I'm just thinking, hey, if that had been Sutermark, if that had been Shiva, if that had been Les Ferdinand, oh. if that had been Salmon Rondon, there would have been no, whoa, well, I've got, all right, I can get a bus through there. It would have been in the back of the net because yeah. you've got that natural instinct. And I'm sorry, look, I think there is a player in Joe Linton under the right manager and
1: system. I know you do, I don't. <laughs> But is, there's not a natural striker in there. No, he's not a striker. You tell me what he isn't. He's not a striker. Uh, he looks a striker when he runs out on the pitch. Unfortunately, when a ball comes near him, he doesn't. Um, I mean, I despair with Joe Linton. The bottom line is that outside of Callum Wilson, we haven't got anybody that can cut the mustard up there. Joe Linton, nowhere near good enough. Dwight Gale... Body language tells me he's already sickened off. He expects to go at the end of the season. He's happy to go at the end of the season. On a free transfer, he gets a signing on fee to go and play somewhere else. His body language is not good. And that, but, I think... But, he, but is,
0: is that understandable, given the fact totally. that... Oh, totally. He's not I'm, played since totally. that goal against West Brom. And then when he has played, and I'm sorry to keep banging this drum, you've played him out on the wing where he's not suited. And this is what made Soutamac angry. He said it's not playing to his strengths. And it isn't. Like, we saw in that championship season, which is maybe his level, again, no disrespect, but how good he was running through the centre. And I honestly do think Steve Bruce, if he... If Joe Linton's out injured against Wolves, and we'll find out later this week if he is, obviously he went off with that injury, he's going to have to either play Andy Carroll or he's going to have to play Dwight Gale, which means... A formation change because Carroll certainly is not going out on that wing. He's, and got, he he's,
1: his, he's got to play one or two yeah. with them in any case because he's, he but can't he's, play he, Jordan. He's got to play.
0: There. He's got to play them in the, in that central centre forward role hasn't which means a change in formation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's totally understandable why Gale is the way he is. I mean, the minute. He scored the winner against West Brom, and then in all those games, he never got another start for yonks and yonks and yonks. It's obvious that something's gone on behind the scenes, and Gale is resigned to the fact that. He's gonna be going at the end of the season. He doesn't look a happy bunny. Incidentally, by the way, for me, Ryan Fraser's body language is is, is poor as well. He looks like a, a well-smacked backside. I mean, what what is wrong with? And he hasn't got the situation that Gail's got, where his contract's up and he's likely to mm-hmm. go. He's just come to this club. Where the heck is the guy that but, two years ago ran Bournemouth alongside Callum Wilson in the in the Premier League?
0: It's not there anymore. Again, though, I ask, is it kind of... It's not understandable because, you, you know, you're playing for Newcastle and I know we'd give a left arm to do that. But when you're coming out of the pitch for striker in inverted commas, i.e. Joel Linton, and then you look at it and you think, well, you've got Sim Maxman, you've got myself, i.e. Ryan Fraser out on the wide, and then you've got Miggy running about in the middle. Who is Ryan Fraser crossing to? And if, I'm, sorry, but I'm sorry, if you come out of the pitch and your skill is to get that ball in the box... I'm kind of looking
1: and thinking, well, okay, I can do that, but. I I won't excuse him in the way, and and I follow totally what you're saying, Andrew, but I won't excuse him in a way uh, at all, because I don't think since he's arrived, he hasn't been physically fit enough to start Mm. enough games for, for, for a start. His body language has never been great. When he played with Wilson in the Newcastle side, he didn't burn up any trees. He didn't he has come to a new club, a big club. They get 11,000 at Bournemouth, we get fifty thousand at St. James's Park. It's his chance to prove himself. He hasn't got hold of that chance, made it happen. Or anything, and I'm sorry he didn't do it when Wilson, his mate, was there who can get on the end of things in the box. He owes owes himself, he owes the fans, and he he owes the club. I'm not putting everything down to him far, 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 Mm -hmm. far. But, I mean, on the general thing, we haven't got a situation where we've got an answer to Wilson being out. We've got Gale, who is unhappy and is going to go at the end of the season. We've got Fraser, who's got a pet lip on or is at least uncomfortable with the way things are. We've got Andy Carroll, whose contract's up, and will he be offered another one? It was amazing. He was offered one for this season, so is he going to be offered one for next? I doubt it very much. And we've got Joe Linton, £40 wasted. So uh, we haven't... It's almost a matter of it doesn't matter who we pick, on Saturday, it's going to come down, which was the start of this conversation, to whether Almiren and San Maximum can get us out of the mess. And they're our best hope. Of course, in a team game, they need other players around them. But our best hope, because we've got to start winning, not drawing, is that th- those two who have scored our last three goals, uh, Almiran got two uh, against Southampton, and San Maximum scored a nice one at Man U. We're down to them. They will make or break us. Um because who else is gonna score consistently? They haven't got a good goal scoring record, but they've got the ability to do it. Almirin will work all day. Attitude wise, we it, we can't complain. But again, I mean there was two examples on, on
0: Sunday night or Saturday night whenever the United game was Sunday, wasn't it? That he got that pitch. And even again, Darwin Fletcher, Jermaine genius just turned around and said who's <laughs> up there with him? It was one minute, I think it was a 22nd minute and he burns Lindelof for pace. You know, he's up there, he's away and he has to hold the ball up and then he gets tackled because no one's busting a gut, no one's... Sp- and I'm thinking, you know, Wilson would be doing that, but anyone worth their salt should be just trying and gambling. That was one of the words Jimmy and Gina said. And look, Gina said a lot of things which fans rightly disagreed with on, on Sunday, but he was spot on with what he said. About the striking issue, that there was no one gambling, there was no one just giving them all to get in that box, and that's for me sums up the issue that Newcastle United and Steve Bruce has over the next four weeks while Callum Wilson five six weeks gets back to full fitness.
1: Well, certainly you're not going to uh, you're not going to get Joe Linton but bursting a gut to get in the box because it, it, the penalty box is full of sharks as far as he's concerned. Uh, he's not going to be bursting a, a gut to get in there. Andy Carroll lives in the penalty box, but he's, he hasn't got the pace on the break. I mean, Almiron's blistering. Um, the only, and can you imagine Shelby with his legs getting up in support? No chance. The only hope you've got is Willock gets Dwight up Gale, from midfield. Gale, though,
0: Dwight, that moment that I talked about with Almiron, and again, I've written about this in a piece online, and I just point out, you know, Gale, again, he's not the standard of Wilson, but he know that run. He would have been making that run and, and giving Almiron... You know, an option in and in, in a pass on, and that's what is the most frustrating thing. And do you know what? Even if Gail makes that run at the box and the pass doesn't come off, or even Miggy gets tackled before he can make the box, uh, make the pass. It, it, but at least Gail's in the box and he's wanting the ball. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference for me. And as you can tell, I I, I said to John, we'll do ten minutes here because we've got to record <laughs> the next episode of Gibble's Corner, <laughs> which is on the magnificent seven who should not have left Newcastle United we're now coming to to half an hour because you can tell we've got a lot to vent and i will urge you guys to like and subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you're listening through and if you're on apple just scroll down you can leave a review but on spotify share it and subscribe to your family and friends as well that would be great john before i get your score prediction for wolves and we're doing this before we've seen steve bruce's press conference or you know that we'll get some injury updates and what have you and um
1: are you worried for Saturday night against Wolves? Yes, I would be worried, whoever we were playing in the Premier League, because our form. We keep hearing from Steve Bruce, for example, "Oh, well, we, we've just played Manchester United. We've beat. We've just played Chelsea, as so though that is the reason why we've lost." I'm sorry we lose to Sheffield United, we'll lose to, to Brentford, we draw with a ten-man Fulham, we lose lose... <laughs> there isn't time to make the whole list out. we lose to bad sides, not just the good sides, but we're only told about the good sides as though, well, oh, that's to be expected, then we'll win the white flag up, that's OK. We lose to bad sides, and, and Wolves aren't the bad side. They're not a great side, but they're not a bad side. Um, of course I'm concerned we've lost 13 of the last 16 you would have to be something wrong with you not to be concerned Um, and bear in mind Wolves who hit a real sticky spell having gone well they hit a sticky spell because they lost Raul Jimenez who's a a wonderful inventive striker they lost him they hit a bad spell but they're pulling themselves out of it they've won three and drawn one of the last four Premier League sides they're not blowing any sides away but to find a way of winning again. So, of course, you've got to be concerned. Having said that, there's not a side, bearing in mind we've lost to, to Sheffield United or bottom. there's not a side that we can say we wouldn't be worried mm. about. But
0: and I guess also if you're Wolves and you're looking at Newcastle and you're thinking, all right, we probably need three, six points to, to make this secure and we'll be in the Premier League next season. You're looking at that at this game and thinking, is, this is where we're going to get the first of them three points. Also, if you're in Newcastle, though, and you've got Scott Park and you've got players from Fulham coming out and saying, we've got you in our sights, and obviously Steve Bruce is like, we'll wait till the end of the season and we'll see where they are. Didn't fill me with confidence, or so encourage me that. But does that play in the minds of players or do you think, I mean, is the best approach now for players to stay off social media, to stay off you know Instagram, stop reading the news, come in house, focus on the game, and just try and switch off from the world? Because... If they do read the headlines from wherever, it's not pretty, is it? And that's surely got to affect them. Or does that, or does that work as it maybe a kickstart them and think, well, look, well, we're being told we're this. We've surely got to now go out
1: there and prove, prove these p- these people if wrong. If you've got any courage, it does that to you. Hmm. But you know, we're worried in case the poor uh, gentle souls are getting perturbed by what they're reading or what they're hearing about people being upset. They should get the prayer mat out every night, get on it, and thank the good Lord, the, the ground isn't open and there isn't 50,000 fans in there because if they were playing Wolves in front of 50,000 fans this weekend and then went behind at home, do you think they would hear about it? By Jove, they would hear about it. Do you think Steve Bruce would hear about it? Oh, I have just suspect he might just. They should be pleased. If such gentle souls are getting perturbed, stop reading... Papers, Just get them in fish and chips. Stop going on social media. But if you wait the match, you can't switch off the crowd for an hour and a half. The lucky boys. Just get on with it. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You had a great club that's passionately involved. Just do what you're paid to do. If you're as good as you think you are, each individual, I mean, then prove it. And if all 11 individuals prove they're good, then Newcastle, stay up. Get on with it that's simple isn't it and one of the things that i think resonated
0: with a lot of our listeners and and viewers on youtube was when we spoke about the chelsea game we you did the preview episode with me and you were very you were very positive you were very you know we should not fear them you said let's go down there and let's see what they're about let's give them a bit of a kick and you know why why should we be afraid and i'd 100% agree i think our listeners 100% agree this is newcastle united absolutely we should not fear anybody you know and and we, we go into games with a bit of a defeatist attitude, in my opinion. And, and when
1: we did, Andrew, when we did do that, the, the, this business of yeah. winning, when, when we did do that at Everton, we, we won at Everton. Mm. We completed the double of Everton, who have just beaten Liverpool in the Merseyside derby, who have just beaten Spurs 5-4 in the cup. When we went out with the right attitude and kept it for the 90 minutes because we never fell behind to feel sorry for ourselves... The job was done. We're just asking for that again. And by the way, if they're upset about all these awful headlines they're seeing, by the, did they get a feeling of the love when they produced the 90 minutes at Goodison, they produced a win, they got a smattering of love and, and euphoria and, and a little bit of pride coming back amongst the fans. That's what's waiting for them. That's what's wait. Never mind the negative stuff, the positive stuff that they will get from these fans if they go out and keep Newcastle United up by consistently playing with a heart the size of a frying pan worn on the front of their shirt. That's all we ask. We don't ask for Messi. We ask for big-hearted players that'll fight for this club. And we ought to get that. In the short against Everton, it can be done. Right? Are Wolves better than Everton if you look at the table? Not so. Uh, Aston Villa, unbeatable, we mightn't have a Grealish. We're, go- we're about to play West Brom, we've, we've seen where they are. They, opportunities are there. If you're going to do it, you do it now. No more excuses, no more waiting, no more let's see where we are at the end of the season. Now, do it and it starts with a victory against Wolves. Fingers crossed. score prediction will it be a victory? <sighs> I've... My heart would tell me, uh, sorry, my head, first of all, would tell me it's going to be 1-1. Well, because the the stats and history tell you that as well. I don't know off the top of my head what it is,
0: but I know it is in a ridiculous amount of games which have ended 1-1.
1: Absolutely correct. And my, My head tells me that's what it's going to be. I've got a black and white heart. We can't afford not to win. We certainly can't afford to be relegated because we wouldn't come back at the first attempt like we have done the last twice. And Ashley, so we must not go down. So I've got to go for a two-one and say, Alan germain San Maximum, and Miggy Almerin, bless you both. I'm relying on you to to lead the chariot race and get us somehow over the line. Is it a must win? I think it is. It's not because, in terms of this time. But if we keep saying, well, we've lost again, and and that's uh, 13 losers and 17, but we'll be okay next week, or we'll be okay because we're going to go to West Brom, or we're going to be okay because we're going to Brighton, we'll end up being saying, well, if we beat Fulham by four clear goals on the last day of the season, we'll be okay. We can't keep putting off getting maximum points. So with that point of view, yes, it is a must-win because it can settle nerves, especially if we we'll go on to cash in in the three games that follow. Well, John, I hope it is a win and this conversation about
0: safety is is secure. You know, Newcastle can get that safety that they, we all want sooner rather than later. Thank you for joining us on the Everything is back on White podcast my pleasure just a quick note we're now over on youtube at the everything is black and white podcast and if you're liking what you're hearing why not come and see what we're producing would really like you to hit subscribe we're also over on instagram at ChronicleNUFC and in the usual place on twitter and facebook would really like the likes the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support we can't get very far so thank you very much for listening